Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 4, Episode 12, Death and the Dog, in which Eddie's apparent depression prompts some introspection from the Crane clan. Key, what would depress you if it were hidden behind the sofa? <laughs> Obviously, we, we learn in this episode, spoiler alert, that the source of Eddie's depression is his Barbie doll. It's become trapped in the folds of the Coco Chanel um, sofa. What um, would need to be there for you to feel this kind of sad? Well, what frequently depresses me? <laughs> um, our sofa is black. And so is our TV remote. Oh, no. <laughs> I think you can see where this is going. At it's least annoys, three times a day, I have to stop, get up. I'm like, where's the remote? Someone's moved the remote. That's <laughs> what you do. This stinks. This is a total mess. <laughs> and are you like, you're um, ripping all those seat cushions off looking yeah, for it. I'm throwing pillows across the room. And then a moment to put my hand down the folds. Maybe I just can't see it because they're both black. It's just ridiculous. Honestly. <laughs> And so that's what frustrates me. So I'm going to go with the TV remote. And that is why in future I'm going to buy a non-black sofa. Just oh, so or a neon pink TV remote. I mean, that is def- There's a definitely a market for that. Yeah. Mm, Get something that's is. like luminous in the dark so that I'll never lose it. I'm thinking as well for you, like if the remote goes down the folds, like button side down, obviously then all you're looking at is the sleek black of the back of the remote. So yeah. you don't even have the buttons to look at for like contrast. Nothing. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. They weren't um, designed for this because this is going to happen. They're, they're, that's exactly. the place like, they are. I feel like remotes are getting smaller these days. Oh, they are. Sleek and elegant. No, give me a brick that I can find, people. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's driving me crazy. And I'll tell you what, right? You download those apps on your phone. Like, oh, universal remote. Turn your phone into a remote. That doesn't work. No, okay? I've, don't never, work. I've never used anything like that, but I just can't see it. They do work. not work. Um, I've tried every like Friday night when I'm looking for the remote and I don't want to move. I'm like, I could, I'm sure one of them might work again. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was using it wrong. Maybe. No, they do no. not work. They do not work. That <laughs> resounding review there. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've uh, got a bit heated. No, no, I like it. I like what, it. what about you, Will? I mean, it's kind of linked. It's techy, um, but it's not quite the sofa. It's it's more my bed. I have my where my bed is. It kind of butts against the wall, and then I have a plug where my phone charger is. So obviously, I, I thread the cable through the the kind of headboard, and I you know have my phone charging on my pillow next to me at the night because I I listen to you know rain sounds or whatever when I sleep. I am literally Niles. Um, but like if I'm kind of you know moving the pillows around, or I've made my bed, or I've maybe just changed the linen the cable gets trapped between the mattress and the thing. And so when I'm just sitting there, I like just got to reach behind me and just casually pull the cable out and plug it in. I like no fuss. I just want that cable to be ready whenever I need it. And nine times out of 10, it's trapped somewhere and I can't move it. And I'm sort of yanking it and I get really angry. Then I have to get up off the bed, throw everything up, get the cable out. Um, so in many ways, it's not a million miles away it's from very yours. similar, mate. Yeah. I, I feel like we're sharing sharing each other's pain here we are and also slightly depressing that we're both kind of slaves to kind of late late capitalism and the technologies that govern our lives but yeah. um really you know. we should just throw the tv <laughs> out and say oh, i don't need it okay that's exactly what we should but, do um listeners let us know what would depress you were it to become trapped in the folds of your sofa um please keep the answers clean because i could see some uh, some other answers could crop up there um shall we took ourselves into trivia corners week okay yeah let's do it mate excellent so i i have a note here from Corey that says um trivia and fun bits will be updated brackets for real this time i don't know if he has actually updated this um Corey, if you have 
slap me around the face and tell me where to find them, please. Um, if not, don't worry, because we've got plenty of trivia from uh, from Cam Winston. So, Kate, okay, are you ready? Let's do it, mate. Numero uh. Patty Duke was deliberately cast as the guest caller for this specific episode. Why? Um, she's actually a really famous dog psychologist. <laughs> oh my god, I thought, I thought you were gonna answer. <laughs> I really <laughs> did. I have no idea. Um, is she a famous dog psychiatrist? She's not, but Patty Duke was an advocate and public face for bipolar and depression. And depression oh. is the is the kind of keyword, the byword of this episode, of course. So there we go. Um, question quite tough, quite tough. So don't feel too bad there, okay. Question two: what four things? are going to happen when Roz turns 100. Oh, okay. Um, is she going to die? Or she wants to die? She wants to die. She wants to die in a beach house in like Maui. Yeah, that's three things. And I need one more. Her, I can't remember if it's boyfriend or husband, but her partner will be so depressed he drops out of college. Absolutely. Like spot on. Okay. I, I do love that little... Perry Gilpin monologue. Um, some really good stuff. Um, yeah, cracking, cracking key. Right, third and final question from Hammy this week. In this episode, what is underdone and why? What is underdone? Underdone. Underdone. Think, thinking in terms of maybe the kitchen. I don't remember them being in the kitchen at all in this episode. Um, it's mentioned. Okay, <laughs> is it, it's not something we say. No, 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 no. It's um, it's kind of just, just completely verbal. Okay, and it's is it to do with the? No, because you don't see the cookies at the end, do you? Like she talks about them, like cookies and ice cream or something, but it's not the cookies. It's not the cookies. Um, is okay. Is it something hypothetical? Yes. This is like ten questions, isn't it? It is <laughs> in a dark. Um, okay, is it? Eddie's meatloaf with the um, the tomato soup glaze, um, which is underdone because he has trouble with the stove or something like That's that. That's exactly what it is. Yes, the meatloaf because he can't reach the knobs on the stove. Um, I'd love the whole kind of recurring meatloaf thing. Like yeah. I can't. Niall says something at one point when he's going with Eddie. Um, he's like, "This might take a while," and then Niall says something like, "I don't know." You better check on that meatloaf or something. Just like some really good throwbacks that line, which I completely forgotten about. Um, trivia from Little Owlet in the Glen. Mm. What, oh, yeah. Richard, in fact, do you want to ask me yours, Kate, before we move on yeah, to okay. this? Uh, so, question number one: How many? I'm going to be honest. Uh, I wrote these literally two minutes ago, so I think they're fairly basic. That's um, fine. One: um, How many words does a dog know? Um, I think 400. So, a real smart dog like Eddie must know a thousand. Exactly. Yeah. It's a yeah. Um. What are the differences and similarities we hear between Maris and our canine companion? The differences and similarities of Maris and Maris in dog form. Oh, God. Martin says it, doesn't he? Yes. Oh, God. Um, bugger me. I can even see where he is in the apartment when he says it. Um, I don't You're going to have to tell me. Um, I think it is. Uh, I, I possibly actually I can't read my own handwriting. Um, the the difference is um, that the dog eats now and then. Yes. Um, yeah, it acts like Maris, barks like Maris. Aside from the fact it eats now and again, they're dead ringers. There we go. <coughs> God's sake, man! It barks <laughs> like Maris. That's so good. 
And then third and final question. Who are the dead people we hear mentioned in this episode? And specifically famous dead people. I don't mean like someone's aunt. The dead people. Yeah. Uh, T.S. Eliot. Uh, that would count. Yeah, that wasn't what I was going for. I was going for when he dies and hangs out with the cool dead people. Oh, um, I'll see him hanging out with Lincoln and um, yeah, that's, that's the bit. Yeah, Shakespeare, Lincoln, and yeah. there's a third, isn't there? There is, and the third is um, the person he wants who said that he, he's unavailable, but he's actually hanging around with Shakespeare and Lincoln. Shakespeare and Lincoln. <laughs> who would he want to speak to? I don't think it's Freud or Jung. Could be a composer. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Mozart. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, more of it's like high school and all the cool dead people don't want to hang out with me. Mozart will say that he's unavailable, then I'll see him later with Shakespeare and Lincoln. That is so good the way he said I'll yeah. see him later with Shakespeare and Lincoln. <laughs> Thank you, Key. Some really good questions there, considering you kind of came up with them on the fly. I like that. Um, trivia from Little Alan in the Glen. What unique items does Dr. Kagan collect? <laughs> Oh wow! Um, he he collects like uh, speculum and other like gynecological historical gynecological equipment. That is completely correct. Yeah, yeah. antique gynecological equipment. Uh, bonus question: <laughs> Little Owlet just wants to hear Key try and answer this. What is a speculum? Key? <laughs> Do you want to tell us what uh, one of those is? Are you familiar with it? Uh, yeah, I have a girlfriend, and um, the. The, the people, well, I find the women in my life, whenever they go for like a gynecological examination, make sure you know every single visceral detail so oh, that you yeah. know what you're not going through that they have yeah. to go through. Mm. Um, which, fair enough, if I was going through it, I'd be the same. Um, it does sound pretty horrendous. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I, I think a speculum is mm. used to like um, widen and like hold open the like the. Vaginal walls. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh my God. I didn't think that term was going to get used on the episode <laughs> on this podcast at any point. But there we are. Thank you, Key. Oh, you wish you had Steve back now. <laughs> Key, you've got a little outlet. You've got your answer there. Wonderful. I was just expecting some little kind of euphemistic, oh, it just opens things, <laughs> just, you know. Oh, um, God. They do look slightly kind of like a torture device and i think for many yeah. women that's probably what they are uh, i think they are I, 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 all credit to women because oh god yeah i'd be even if, if even if it wasn't me if i went with shad i was just sort of sat in a room i'd be like against the wall oh like, terrified so, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want any anything to um, do with that so yeah huge huge credit to women and yeah let's let's not use the word speculum again in this let's, and let's just be grateful for our penises on today's episode trivia for run for your life key how many times is the name eddie mentioned in this episode oh my god okay you're gonna just uh, have to take a guess here 37 i don't know why I don't know why. <laughs> not not terrible, Key. 54. 54. 54. <laughs> yeah. Which is a lot. So um I wonder. That is like so okay, if it takes you know a second to say a word, Eddie. Eddie. Um that's like almost a minute of the episode. It's just people saying Eddie. That's pretty pretty intense. That's like 5% of the entire episode is people is. just saying Eddie. It is literally. Wow. That's, that's some good stats today. Love that. Some good <laughs> facts, man. You, you did maths, didn't you? Thank you. Um, trivia from Hot House Orchid. What does Martin do in this episode to show his frustration towards Fraser and Niles? And how many times does he do it? Oh, this is a good one. Something physical. 
Um, does he like shake his cane at them or shake his fists at them or something? He shakes his cane at them, trying, to, trying, to, trying to venture a guess as to how many times he does that. Ooh, I am going to say <clears throat> three times. Ooh, I don't know why. It's twice. twice. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but you were close, Ski. You were close. Well, we've got two more here. Penultimate oh, one from Niall Gray. This has been ropey, hasn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, been, you know, it's been patchy, but that's fine. Um, when the pet psychologist first comes over, uh, what are Fraser and Niles doing that they have in common? Again, physical. The thing that I noticed is like the, the pet psychologist was that like he was in sort of a very nice suit. Is that what's meant? Like that? Oh, it's, a, it's about Fraser and Niles specifically. Oh. What do they have in common when he arrives? Are they both just sort of sitting with their arms crossed next to each other? Sort of because they're both sitting on like the table, aren't they? Looking at down at the rest of you them. You are unbelievably close. Almost in judgment. Like mm. um, like the Parthenon looking down on mere mortals. Oh, lovely. Let's see some an- antiquated gynecological <laughs> equipment and just general antiquity today. I love it. Uh, no, it's they're both crossing their legs the same way, right over left. Um, wow. There you right go. Right now, I'm sat with left over right. I, I don't really have enough space um, under where I am, so I'm just... I'm free, free legging it. <laughs> free falling. <laughs> free balling. Um, <laughs> trivia from Mrs. Goose and Crane. When Martin moaned that Eddie was not sleeping, eating, or sniffing stuff, Fraser replied that this would be welcome news to one of their neighbours. Who's that neighbour? And bonus, if you can identify the apartment number. I can, I can get this. I think I know this. Damn it. Because I think that I didn't know if first if this was like, there was a joke in the name or anything. Is it like something like Frobisher? It and is. is it 13B? Absolutely spot on. And okay. Do we know who Frobisher is? Because I didn't know if at first it was like, oh, it, maybe it's a joke of like a famous name or person or something, but I, I didn't look it up or anything. I, so I don't, don't know. know either. Um, But I just think it's slightly crazy that there's a 13B in, in Elliott Bay and it goes all the way up to 1901. So presumably there's... There's more than one. There's, Rob, there's nearly 2,000... Flats in this building. I mean, how does that number system work? Um, I don't know, but it seems someone highly, just drew a B on the end seems, of their number. To seems be highly unlikely to me. Um, like they've got a bit sense. of a self-esteem issue, and they didn't think they were worthy of the number thirteen. Maybe I'll be thirteen B. I'll be thirteen B. It makes more sense if they make like, make a joke of it, like you know, 1812 because they talk about the eighteen twelve overture, and at least then the building numbers are closed. I, I don't know. Nineteen oh one still seems way too high anyway. Like how many apartments are there in this in this building? Um, but thank you everyone for those uh, excellent trivia questions this week. Some really some really challenging stuff there for uh, for Kian. Tricky, tricky stuff. Tricky, tricky stuff. But uh, keep it coming next week. Um, let's jump into the review key. Animation watch, please. What okay. was it? Now I watched this animation twice because I thought I'd missed something. I did not see any animation. And we're back in that same old territory, thank Key. You. No animation. Like, I was like, maybe there's a flashing light and I missed it. So I rebound no. it and then no. And there's like, I'm not watching it for a third time. I'm just saying none. Not even a measly lightning bolt, you know. I just you couldn't you heard even give me, me a measly lightning bolt. <laughs> That's right, you heard me, Phil. Two measly sticking grapes. <laughs> um, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, a waste from everyone involved. I will never not get incensed at this. Um, no one is calling at KACL, which kind of just feels like it's continuity from no animation, no callers. We're kind of beginning yeah. in a really kind of somber slightly off pace episode here there's you know the vibes are off 
Um, and this this is fundamentally an episode about about off vibes. Yeah, um, it really fits in nicely. And I completely forgot that this episode is basically a flashback. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Ask, what what do you make of this as a kind of you know frame narrative device? I think in this episode it really works. It works because it's unique and we don't see it very often on Frasier. There are occasions, like the episode where they're all in therapy and they're all talking about their day or they're all having massages or something like that. Perspectives on Christmas and stuff. Yeah, Um, you know, they're all talking about their day. It works occasionally, but it works as that unique one-off. It wouldn't work if you did it all the time. Um, And you do get these really nice moments where... um, you know, Roz interrupts him and you're, you're jumped and jerked back into reality, which I really like. Um, I'd have probably liked to have seen it a little bit more, actually. I'd have loved to have, like, maybe had Alice, like, picking him up on, how do you know Eddie couldn't understand you? You're just, like, a supposition or something. Um, I'd have liked to have seen that. But I really like it, actually. I think it works quite well. Um, what I did note, though, right at the start, Fraser <laughs> obviously has no callers. He yeah. is certainly capable of bluffing it for five minutes going on a long-winded speech about nothing buying time he yeah. doesn't bother to do that no he Just, doesn't well, we got no callers do you want to call in um so anyone um yeah on... like he's got so many topics you could just wax lyrical on yeah yeah it's just, it's an odd one. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with you that I'd like to maybe have seen it a bit more. I think it's quite cosy, the flashback narrative style, especially like Frasier as orator, as storyteller. He's got a good way about him in doing that. Um, but yeah, just just a good vibe. But I mean, something I cannot relate to is the fact that there's just no waiting on the phone calls here because I've been trying to get a doctor's appointment for about, I don't know, a few days now. And I don't know if you phoned, well, if you have any experiences of our local causal practice. It's awful. Here. It, it is one of the worst I, systems. I am I, such a child. I've gotten to the stage now. Like, my mum has a lot more time on her hands than I do. I'm like, mum, can you just keep ringing? Because yeah. I'm too busy to do this. I, I get irate at it, man. Yeah. And like, I, you'll be I'm answering the call. And like, oh, do you want an appointment? But not now. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I just absolutely, I'll phone. It's like, you are 16th in the queue. Yeah. I'm like, no, not, not happening. Um, so, yeah. Can't relate to this. Wish KSC hours. You have to plan your day. Sorry for getting on a tangent here, but you have to plan your day about calling. You do. You have to plan like, oh, well, it opens at nine, so we'll start at eight fifty-five. Exactly. Exactly. And then about fifty other people have got the same idea. Um, Yeah, nightmare. Um, Fraser's pretty cutting here. He's like, oh, someone's marriage must be on the skids, you know, and he's yeah. trying to conjure up some calls here. How about, oh, you're agoraphobic, so no outside. You're not enjoying this, son. Yeah, just like, you know, what the hell? Just just talk about one of your interests or hobbies or something. There's yeah. no need to start, like, victim shaming people. Um, it kind of gets pretty pretty heavy. Um, three o'clock, and she's still in her bathrobe, um, I believe, is uh, the, the woman that's calling now. I can't remember um, her name. Alice. Alice. Um, I'm going to be honest. That's me on a good day. Yeah, I, that for me, a really good day for me. I'm probably not dressed at 3 p.m. Do you, do you have a bathrobe, Kate, that, that you wear? I have a dressing gown, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I have one, but never, ever wear it. Would you recommend I? I would. I find it. It's, it's, um, it's warm and cosy. Mm. And it's a lot, a lot of hassle. It's not like pajamas and having to put pajamas on. You can just throw a bathrobe on. It's nice and easy. Um, yeah, big, big fan, mate. Big fan. Thanks. So maybe I'll get like a kind of smoking jacket type deal. <laughs> Don't know, do like that. <laughs> or a kimono or something. Um, so yeah, when now we're in we're in KFCL and we have the reference to uh to Mrs. <coughs> Frobisher in 13B. 
again, I just put how many rooms are there? Question mark, exclamation mark. Uh, the coffee character this week, I believe, is four. Um, I've had this from Steve. Really striking as well, this first scene. They're mm. all, and no Niles is in there, but everyone else is in the Vosa together. Yeah. When was the last time we saw that? Jesus, maybe like, oh, I can't even say. The only one that comes to mind, and this isn't to say it's the last time we saw it, is like they're all in Navosa for I Hate Fraser Crane and he's about to fight. Yeah, but they're like with it, Niles, I think they must all be in the Vosa. Yeah, and they all kind of come come and go. Um, but yeah, seeing them all together enjoying a coffee is really nice. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't really we don't really have that that often. Um, which I think brings the coffee total to 121 so far. Um, we now have the rival of Dr. Stephen Kagan. What do yes. you make of this guy? Okay. I've got one what. word to describe him, but I want to hear what you make of him. I'm gonna be honest, right? Some I don't want anyone to think that we objectify people on this show because we that's never our intention. Unless but- it's Officer Nasta. Unless it's obvious enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes we do comment that some, you know, some of Frazier's love interests are very attractive. I feel Dr. Kagan deserves the same respect. He's up he, there with... Um, he is a dashing man. He, with the station manager, Tom... Tom Duran, yeah. Tom Duran, yeah. Um, very strong jaw. Yeah, very strong jaw. Mm. And and you can just tell, like, he, he goes to the gym. He's, um, you know... He's, that suit's pretty fitted, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But I, the word I've got for him here is smarmy. I found him a little bit smarmy. So oh, like, I don't know. I, just... I, I could uh, let's sort of show me some of the hot spots. Just, you know. <laughs> I just... liked him. Really? I, I'd like to see more of him. Sir, loved it to meet you, Russ. Just so, so like, you know. What I loved as well, right? I'm jealous, like... okay? I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I loved is that they, they set up the date. Yeah. He goes to walk out, but he's not opened the main door to Nervosa. And Roz is already like squealing, jumping up and down, saying, "Oh, thank you, thank you." Oh, so he's not. still in the like, the he, foyer. Yeah, he can still hear them when she does that, and she's like, "Oh, thank you, Fraser. You got me a lovely doctor." He doesn't anything. even look round; he just keeps walking. Honestly, man, Kagan's got places to be. He's got you know genitals to inspect. <laughs> oh, he's got He's got to get on the road. Um, but yeah, like I, I've put here that like you know, the fact he's a gynecologist, I think, is a really funny kind of spin because we know how Roz will react to that. Um, just yeah, g- girls, women that are listening, would this genuinely be a deal breaker for you? Would you ever? Would you be the same as Roz? Or you know, let us know. Um, um, I mean, well, well, obviously you've said you know, for women, give their answer. But you know, as a, a straight white man, I think that this is obviously something I've got capacity to talk about. Yeah, so. what, what are you talking about again? The only thing really that jumped good. to mind for yeah. me is um, obviously there's an episode of Friends where there's quite a similar theme that. Yeah. Rachel likes this doctor. He's a gynecologist and it's a deal breaker, I think, in that one. And he's like, and he, I think he comments on it in that episode. He's like, when you do what I do, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you, like, what do you do? You're a waitress, right? So do you ever like think after you've made a long, you know, made coffees all day, if I just look at one more <laughs> cup of coffee? <laughs> That's so good. It's weird that they're using the same joke again. But mm. arguably, Friends does a lot more with it because that's like some really good dialogue. Yeah, right. I think this is <laughs> it's skirted around on the edges in this episode, isn't it? Whereas um, I think in in Friends, it's a bit more of a uh, plot device, you know, rather yeah, than just being yeah. a, a side joke. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think what, what what kind of makes this joke work for me, how funny it is when it flashes back to KSL and Ross is just holding up a sign, why are you telling her this? Because when, oh, when you remember this is a flashback and this holds no relevance, that's, it's that's so like, I genuinely forget it's a flashback. Same. And then when you get jerked back to reality by Ross, I just love it. That's It's, it's so, so much funny. funny. The yeah. idea of him on, on air waxing lyrical about <laughs> Ross's date with a guy in the colleges when it's meant <laughs> to be talking about depression. And you just, you know, it's so irrelevant relevant it's not needed but i know oh, um God. some really 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 cool that it just flashes back like that it always always gets me um i put here i sure hope you don't take a bo- oh that's it it's when uh we now go back to 1901 and we see eddie looking very blue on the uh on the on the chair and uh you know martin's doing what he can to bring the toys to life he's got mr carrot mr carrot the Ooh, hamburger, I sure hope you don't take a bite out the other side. <laughs> just some kind of like, you know, slapstick comedy thing happening down there, but just really, really sweet. Um, and then, you know, we know that Niles is coming over with Lady, um, or I think that's her name. Um, well, see, this is what I'm referring to in my questions. It's like our canine companion, because I thought her name was Lady. But he refers to her exclusively in this episode as girl. Yeah, he does say girl a lot, but. He he definitely says lady well, I'm in sure the first episode. Yeah. What's I the ep where Fraser puts the ramekin on her head and it, it, it zooms on her head? It's meant to look like Marius. I don't oh, think we've God. seen that one yet, have we? I don't think so. It doesn't. No, I don't think we've probably seen it. Probably the single funniest still from the entire series to me. Just the dog with the ramekin on its head, like because <laughs> it, it's literally Marius. Um, but yeah, Martin's like, oh, not that four-legged Maris, <laughs> which just kills me. Uh, um, I forgot what we introduced to Lady. Can you... Uh... I don't remember. The... I was thinking this as well. <coughs> um, is it season two and like the, the his marriage to Maris is falling apart? Um, or is that season three? Uh, we've definitely seen her before. Um, I'm just <sighs> trying to... It doesn't jump immediately to mind as to what episode it was. I remember him, him coming in with her, mm. but I can't remember. I can't remember anything about it other than them all just sort of looking in shock, and that's that being it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I might Martin, tap out, mate. Martin, no, me, me neither. Uh, me too. Rather, like, listeners, please let us know. Um, uh, someone on, someone on, know the episode immediately. Um, Martin, not referencing to real dogs at the park. Um, always kills me as well. Uh, just, I just think David Hyde Pierce's physical comedy here is amazing. The way he picks her, it's like, just you wait till my girl has her oh, way with him or whatever he says. Oh, like, absolutely girl, love this. Honestly. Like, okay, I'll just uh, lift okay. her up. Okay. Um, I'm going to try and find what he says now. Um, I definitely think he says, my girl. Oh, yeah, it says, uh, well, you'll change your chew when you see my girl turn on her job. Go to Eddie. Yeah. Go to Eddie. Okay. Um, just the way he says that. It's just the use of the word girl is just so funny here. Honestly, it's um, just... That dog no, as well. I mean, do you like that breed? I think it's a whippet. It is a whippet. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge fan. I think we may honest. have talked about this, actually. I just feel Epic like they're not cuddly and they seem aloof. They seem so lean. Like, yeah. it's the very definition of lean. I feel like if I squeeze this, go to hug that dog, I'm going to snap it like a twig. Yeah. Um, just get a bit, yeah. I don't know. Not feeling the love, but any Whippet owners, send us a picture of your lovely dogs. Make us feel bad because, you know, I'm sure they're lovely. Um, what else are we, what we got here? Um, oh, yes. It's seen them speaking from Eddie's perspective now. Mm. It's like a Dutch angle. It's black and white. They're speaking gibberish. Very unique. We never, ever see this. Yeah, in the context of the show, it's definitely very, very unique. We, you see it twice in this episode, obviously, from 
Eddie's perspective in the first instance and then Martin in the second instance when he's trying to understand them talking about, you know, was it cogitating or something like that? I think so. um, And through analytical psychotherapy and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I don't, you know, it it is really unique in the context of Frasier. I've seen it on other shows, but um, it's, I quite like it. And I like the fact that we just get the word Eddie every so often. And then obviously with Martin, we just get the word, I think, dad or, or Martin or something like that. We'd, and the rest is just yelling. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah. Really like that. Yeah. I'm right. um, really putting page to the idea that Eddie knows words and is smart. Um, kind of, kind of, yeah. It's a slap around the face to Eddie here. So you're an some, idiot. It, it's interesting. Like the intelligence of some dogs, because like when we were looking after Minnie over Christmas, mm. She didn't know the word walk. So if you said walk, she didn't get excited by that. You'd have to get up and go get like a like lead. The lead. Then she'd get excited. Um, whereas like Shan's dog, like the, this with her parents, if you just say walk in conversation, she'll start barking at you and start running to the door because you yeah. think she's going to walk. So it's interesting the, the difference between different breeds of dogs and what they can clearly pick up on. Absolutely. Um, like Poppy, when, when she was around, God bless her, um, she used to be the same and we'd say walk. Um, but also, because like, whenever my dad said it, like kind of growing up with her, he used to like do this with his head as if to say, you know, like when you say, like, oh, we're going we're going around the bend or whatever, go around the block. And so by the time, you know, she was 10 or whatever, he would just go like that to her and she'd freak out and start jumping around. And, oh, like she that. just knew that that meant walk. Um, and it's just, yeah, kind of one of those weird things that a dog... Um, kind of latches on to it. I see. I just love it. Like it'd been another dog and just having that other dog having to listen to Poppy every time going, that thing means walk. That, that's walk. That's what it means. That, that walk, that's walk. <laughs> yeah, the thing she's lost on mind. Um, yeah, just listen, what, what tricks do your dogs know? What little language shortcuts have you uh, kind of taught them? Um, so we have a midway pause now. Back at KACL. And Alice like really wants to know what happened with the gynecologist. Yeah, and I've just put I just put here, is Fraser's story really going to help her at this point? Because <laughs> this is very much going down in one of his Freudian hallways. At, at um, this stage, right? All I'm thinking about is her phone bill. Um uh, yeah, like is it a free phone to KACL? I or? don't I don't think she actually needed to be on the other end of the the phone for this she could have just hung up and he could have just told a story yeah that's so true like just like, just put the phone this could have been the opening buffer like a 20 minute story yeah just just listen through the through the radio alice um so yeah just i have to have to reflect on that um we now learn of the dog psychiatrist um i think is it niles or fraser makes the joke about the, his fear of fetching group um, uh, yeah we get another i think it's fraser who says it but it's another like it's that joke, isn't it? We usually see in Niles' context. Yeah. Um, about, oh, I'll be late for my, you know, X-Y. whatever group. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, fear of fetching groups is good. And we also get a lovely little joke here as well about, um, I'm sorry, did he, did he say colleagues or cullies? So good. So good. Can you remember the name of the psychiatrist? Uh, Dr. Arnold Shaw. Arnold Shaw. Very yeah. good. Very good. Very strong name. He's Arnold's name. very like, you know. Yeah, I don't know what the word is. Pure blood, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's very, it's very strong now. Um, yeah, I've put like the brothers are so bitchy here. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I have the the colleagues or colleagues line. Um, the word sad get used a lot here. Um, I, I've mentioned as much. Like 
You're sad, aren't you, Eddie? Sometimes I get sad uh, too. Um, find out why you're sad. Why you're sad? Um, and then <laughs> I Frasier... really like Doctor Shaw. Actually. Do you? And when I... he's like, when he's sitting next to Eddie, he's like, "Are you sad? I just, Are you sad? I love I, he, that." He's a bit. He's a bit. What's the word? Um, I kind of. I did use a phrase here somewhere. Um, it just sounded a bit skittish, a little bit, you know. Oh, there we go. Shifty. He's a bit shifty. Mm. I, just, you know. I feel like he is sincere with Eddie. I think he I is. I think like he, tra- he takes his work seriously. Yeah. And I don't love Fraser and Niles taking the piss out of him. No. Um, but I can guarantee, like, that joke about, um, oh, if you bill a dog for one hour, you get to bill him for seven. I guarantee every one of his clients makes that joke. That is such them. a good line. <laughs> like, the writing there. I love that. Um, but you know, we again we can't make light of Arnold Shaw because he has just attended the funeral oh. of one Buttons McFarland. <laughs> Honestly, I want to know what Buttons was. Do you reckon it's a rabbit? Buttons I McFarland. Know I went but, with rabbit. To me, it sounds like some kind of circus animal. Um <laughs> Buttons McFarland. You know, see in my head, it was just a rabbit called Buttons who belonged to the McFarland family. And so sense. they know him as you know, whereas you'd be like Poppy Carroll. Yeah, like, then that know. is what the vets always say. They'd come out and they'd be like, Poppy Carroll, and like, this is yeah. insane. This dog doesn't have a surname. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this dog's yeah. not on a census. <laughs> um, but yeah, listeners, who do you think Buttons McFarlane was? Us? Now, I'm trying to think what kind of animals Buttons is appropriate for. So I think um, rabbit. Oh, little Buttons, the rabbit. I think, I think so. More than dog or cat, rabbit fits the bill. Um, a cat wouldn't tolerate being called buttons. No, no, no. They're too, they're too violent and aggressive, and you know, shifty. Um, Martin responding earnestly now to what Eddie would have at a dinner party, <laughs> and put, actually going into more detail than needed. It's a bit mental, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's a bit, it's a bit mental. Um, I completely forgot that this is the episode where Daphne was. I don't know why. I don't know. Why. And I love Frasier imitating her when he so goes, good. Um, and think she's never been committed. I don't know why. I don't know why. This <laughs> this obviously gets quoted so often on like Fraser Fan Club and on the Reddit and stuff. And just, yeah, a, a kind of real fan favorite quote. And completely forgot it was this episode, actually. Um, if Eddie were one of the Beatles, I think he'd be George. No, no. Do, She's just do, writing her own questions. Do, do you agree with that? I really don't think he gives off a George vibe. I think he's very much a Ringo vibe. Do you? Yeah. I, I gives me John vibes. Really? And he's the star of the show. Yeah, and right, in more in that, like, he's got a bit of an ego on him, you know. <laughs> Whereas I think if he was a bit more affectionate, I'd say he's a Paul. Yeah. Um, if he was a bit, I don't know, a bit cooler, he'd be George. And if he was a bit more stupid, he'd be Ringo. But um, oh, he's more stupid. <laughs> more stupid. Oh, he's pretty stupid. I don't I mean, know. He just he just give me John vibes. Yeah. I don't feel like I know the Beatles well enough to be able to independently assess their personality types. I don't love John Lennon. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. I've always been a Paul McCartney guy. Um, I mean, George is obviously everyone's kind of. He's the cool answer to who's the best Beatle. And like, you know, he wrote some of the best songs and he's just like the one who stood away from the limelight a little bit. But in terms of like John and Paul, I mean, I love Paul. And I think I'd say that George, out of um, George, Ringo and Paul, because George, Ringo and Paul have all but featured on The Simpsons, haven't they? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think when George were, is when George was alive. My favorite cameo. At the is story. he the one that says it's been done? Yeah. At the window. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. like, oh my God, 
where did you get that brownie? <laughs> I just love that they don't lean into the fact that it's George Harrison at all. Other than the line, hi, I'm George Harrison, they don't play into it at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I really like. So, But, I mean, Paul McCartney's isn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Where no. Lisa becomes a vegetarian. That's true. Yeah, because he meets what him and Linda. Yeah, and he's like, oh, if you play... Um, I forget what song it is backwards. You get a cracking lentil soup recipe. <laughs> yeah, because that was that was all the play on the conspiracy of like backmasking, wasn't it? And like, yeah. yeah, the Beatles really led into that by the end. Um, yeah, I'd love to know listeners' favorite members of the Beatles, favorite songs. I mean, my favorite Beatles song by a mile, and I think most critics agree, is A Day in the Life. Incredible song. Um, kind of really dark and sad, but also it's amazing. And it's John's singing on the first kind of couple of verses that is without doubt the best bit. I don't love Paul's section of that song. So mm. I don't know. I I love like Blackbird. You know, that's obviously Paul. Um, but, you know, John's got the much more kind of, he, he's always got like a bit of a Manchester-y voice. He's like, he's, he sounds like, you know, the Gallagher's were riffing on him a little bit, whereas Paul was slightly more boyish. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is a this is a hell of a Beatles. The tangent. Paul McCartney song I love is I think Paul did here, there, and everywhere. Oh, I don't even know if I know that one. I know it sounds awful because it's probably really famous. I don't know. If I, I'm sure it's called Here, There, and Everywhere. Um, Let's have a look. Is, I'm sure Paul McCartney, but um, yeah, it is. What album was it on? Um, oh, it was on no, Revolver, um, which I think lot. is a lovely, lovely song. I just oh, I mean, it's probably Beatles. I don't know. I thought that um, yeah, it was Paul and his personal capacity but um i really love that song i just think it's really sweet and i don't know if you've ever seen the show good night sweetheart which stars nicholas Lindhurst. we've talked about this Bruce. there's an episode where there's this little girl who's really sad and he's doing a song and he calls her up to sit next to him on the piano whilst he plays that song for her mm. and it's just a really sweet moment and, is that a good um, show good night sweetheart i highly recommend it i really like yeah. it ran for six seasons oh really um, yeah and it, and it features him jumping basically between a life in the 1990s and 1940s wow um but yeah really good show i'd recommend it thanks Kay. lovely stuff um i'm just trying to remember where yeah. i was after that um, insane beatles do you like aqua velva what's aqua velva again in some Eddie's favorite cologne. Well, oh my god! And you call yourself yeah. a Fraser aficionado. Acrovel is like surely you prefer toilet water or eau de toilette. It's a little strong, but I think you can put it off. <laughs> Again, slightly mental. Um, just yeah, but then Martin, like Eddie, happens to be very complex and interesting. Um, but that's it. Be prepared. He'll be up and down checking that meatloaf. <laughs> that was the line when he takes him away. I love that man. So so good. Uh, <laughs> but then Ross shows up. He's like, oh hi Ross. Not even, I want to kill myself. Not in front of Eddie. <laughs> and it's like, wow, I started dating a gynecologist. Oh gee, I don't want to hear any more about this. <laughs> I love Martin's voice whenever he has to go slightly higher pitch. Honestly. I don't. He's like when he's um he's learning how to be Jewish. I think it's in Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. Oh my he's god! Like, so I don't know anything about being Jewish. Do I? Do I? <laughs> Do us. Um, some really great stuff here. Um, at one point, Niles is playing the piano in kind of a, a transition scene, which is just lovely. Gives me very dinner party vibes. So obviously, yeah. that episode just begins with I think Niles at the piano and Fraser saying, "You know what? I want to host a dinner party." Mm. Um, it and- could be the other way around. And of course, it, it's by this stage as well that we've been told by Dr. Shaw that 
it's one of them who is depressed and yes. that's what's rubbing off on it. And I love Niles' line of, I'm cheer personified. Personified. And he's got that kind of pained grin. Um, really good. And I just love, again, it's night in the apartment and they're all gathered around kind of putting the world to rights. Like this just, this is Frasier at its best. Mm. When we've got all of the main cast kind of bouncing off on another. We had this at the beginning of last week um, after the series with Liar Liar. Um, just, yeah. Oh, I've just dropped my guitar pick. Um, yeah, just really love this there's something that really jumped out to me in this scene i don't think jumped out to you maybe i'm missing something at this stage of what we know about frazier purely up until this point no later episodes Mm -hmm. how many marriages do you think frazier has had right obviously assuming i'm I'm someone who watched cheers maybe and i'm watching frazier now yeah i think it's i think he's meant to be married three times because in this scene, yeah. Martin says, you're the one who hasn't had a date in a year, not to mention two failed marriages. Oh, yeah. So really, he, oh, so he should be saying three, shouldn't they? Because it's, it's Lilith, na, na, Nanny G, who he got married to in a previous, and Diane. Oh, no, he never Diane, got married to Diane. Yeah. But do we know about Nanny G at this stage? I'm just thinking. I, I think in Shears, he, he marries oh, her Shears. in Shears. Oh, okay. I, I, I can't confirm that. Um, I'm I just thinking that I case. couldn't remember being mentioned in the first four seasons of I don't, it's not. It's definitely not been mentioned in the show. Um, um, and so I think if you've, you've not seen Shears, and if you're watching this for the first time and without knowing what comes. You'd be confused. You'd be, I think that's a real like sort of sticking, like what? Too. Yeah, I think that's one for the for the Shears purists, mm. um, continuity-wise. Daphne says, I've just lost the only boyfriend I've had in years. Does she mean Joe? Does she mean Marshall? She's throwing the stakes on I, Marshall. I think this is, it's Joe. And we're, we're just still on that, are we? You know? The service to, to Marshall here. We're still on Joe here. Like, I mean, you know. And also, I mean, we're not, are we not counting um, a special blend? <laughs> Eric the Red, you know, anytime, anytime Daphne's boyfriend's called, he has to get a mention. Yeah, just, <laughs> just step out of the cat and try my special blend. Um, just really, really loathsome man. But there we go. Um, some lovely, lovely quotes here. Um, how loosely woven is the fabric of our happiness? So much so that I quoted this. Um, I Googled this thinking it was from Pope or it was from, you know, John Dunn or something. And it's... It's just the writers. This is just Frasier. This is just Frasier. This is just whoever wrote this episode. Like, oh my word. Just some really gorgeous stuff. I, I love, obviously, you have that line. And the next line, I think, is Niall saying, and, and then there are empty nights accompanied by thoughts of loneliness and death. And it's really deep. And then and then you get Marty like, do you ever just lie real still and hold your breath and pretend you're in the ground? <laughs> I no, have done that's that. That's just you. Have you ever have you ever done that? Not pretend I'm in the ground. Oh no. my god, oh, I've done that. I really have. Some, or sometimes I have to pretend I'm trapped underground. Um, and then like the relief when I surface, it's just lovely. Does your mother ever just walk in of you like breaking over through <laughs> the duvet? I'm free. It's like, oh no, like, this is completely what? the privacy of my. Uh, of the what have we raised? Honestly, I think they ask that daily anyway. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Um, yeah, reflections on death here. Um, it, is, it gets very deep, doesn't it? Does it? and I just think human beings are inclined to reflect on this kind of insane, absurd fact of life. I think, yeah, yeah, it was, I think Camus says knowing that we're going to die makes life absurd. It does in many ways, Um, you know. Yeah, you you have to try and find meaning, don't you, in your life. And, you know, whether that's from a spiritual perspective, whether that's in terms of achieving a goal or, or just in terms of enjoying life or whatever it is, 
you've got to try and find that meaning. Um, but it, I really love this scene actually, as as dark as it is, and as if you're not in the right mood for it, it gets very depressing, and I wouldn't want to watch it. Oh yeah, but it's actually quite beautiful in its way. The idea of them just contemplating their own mortality but they do it in quite an optimistic way because they talk about you know like niles talks about what he thinks heaven will be like and you know will the cool people want to hang out with him it's not the idea of well death is the end and it's all pointless so mm. there is an, an optimism to it i just really love the quotes um you know like plato i think niles you know must not all things of, at the last be swallowed up in death um i think we get t.s Eliot quote it's really really quite beautiful and it really harkens back to me for the season one episode that I really enjoyed. Um, is it uh, and Death, Death Becomes, becomes him. him? Yeah. yeah. Where the, the doctor, the super fit doctor dies. Um, and again, I think that's a really lovely episode. I really like that Frasier is a, is not afraid to, to address it and to face it head on. There's not a lot of comedies that is happy to do an episode about depression mm. and get real with it and not just make a joke of it. And you, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is this season one of The Simpsons where Homer's going to commit suicide and we get moaning Lisa in another episode where depression is addressed. But it's such a deep scene and it's it's so well done. I think it's really, really, really top draw. Yeah, completely. Um, completely agree. Everything you just said, Claire, really great summary. Um, like Roz, you know, her auntie lived to be 100 or whatever. And she's like 92 and 92 and she's like, it's so short. Yeah. It's just that hits, man. It is so short. Yeah. And I think the older you get, the more I notice time speeding up more. Oh God. Like it seems a week goes by like, you know, that said the week that just passed, I think is the slowest week I can remember for years. Um, re, I, I think I don't know why. I mean, I haven't seen Charles in like two weeks, and I have a re, I have a feeling that's probably played into the fact that I'm seeing her this weekend and been kind of waiting for that. Um, and obviously had my viver and things and teaching and stuff. So it's just everything. Just yeah. Have we fun. announced on the podcast that you are now a doctor? I haven't. No, but I mean. Well- yeah, huge kudos. We need to. We need to. Make I did. Sure I did. That's not why I kind of. I kind of mentioned it. We there. need to make sure it's addressed. Finally, after you know doing your PhD or your studies, you are now officially Doctor Carol. Thank you, Kay. I mean, I'm not going to change God. like the descriptions of the episodes. Like this week, Doctor Carol. And yeah, Kate. you will. You should. Be. <laughs> I'd be telling everyone. I'll be, I'll be getting. All, I'll be right into the bank, going. Actually, you've called me Mister. It's actually Doctor. Okay, I've changed it on my Amazon address <laughs> label so that when things come, it'll uh, say Doctor. That's the only only change I've made. And I'd also be answering the door to the postman. I'd be like, Oh, so you saw the uh, Doctor? Did you see? You see <laughs> Um. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, I the, he quotes now. He quotes from the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T. S. Eliot, which is one of my favorite poems of all time. Um, and he says, I've seen the eternal footman um, hold my coat and snicker. Um, and that is, he's talking about death there. You know, this idea of like death kind of waiting for him or kind of in pursuit of him. Um, and Prufrock is this kind of middle-aged man. For those who don't know, he's got a very iconic voice in literature. He's this middle-aged man who's kind of disenfranchised and thinks life is kind of meaningless. And he's reflecting on the fact he's going bold and he's not in love. And he's just kind of really, yeah, kind of, it's kind of a really sad, depressing poem, um, but like, but really great. But yeah, I quoted that exact line in class this week. Um, so it's just like the transformation into into Fraser is slowly, slowly but surely happening. Right are, you, are you um 
Was it relevant, or are you just reminding <laughs> the kids that death haunts you? Like, oh no, it I was really young and hopeful now, but in five years' time, you'll <laughs> be reading this. I was uh, I was teaching them T. S. Eliot's other poem, The Wasteland, which is infinitely more complicated than proof rock, um, and not as fun to teach. But uh, yeah, I was I was quoting like, quoting. Uh, Will's walking around the, the hallways of campus, just jumping at undergraduates, going death, <laughs> death. <laughs> I'll just go in, uh, just like grabbing someone's coat and saying to me, "The eternal." Footman, hey there. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they just, uh, I'm leaning up against the wall while they're going, hey there. Um, <laughs> do any of your students know about the podcast? Uh, no, God, no, because no. I'd love it if honestly you were like this really, like, really hard, tough teacher, and they were like, He's got his podcast, he's like joking, and it's really weird. To be fair, I'm pretty, I'm pretty lighthearted with them. I mean, they could probably find it because my Twitter is protected, but like, mm. I think you can still see people's bios. Um, so they probably see, you know, co-host of Fraser Pod if they really wanted to. Students are a bit weird with their lecturers and they do go looking for their online presence and stuff, you know. Do they? They do. So it's possible people, people, you know, my Instagram, Marginal Memories. Mm. I mean, I, I shared that with my class in the first week and like a few of them really love that. And they're like asking about it every week. And... Oh, wait, so you were like, guys, um, I know I'm your teacher. If you give me a follow, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> but they're like the pro, they're the wellspring of people who are going to have secondhand books with inscriptions in. So I was like, you know. That's my market, mate. That's my demographic. Is. This is the, demo- the demographic. So uh, there you go. But um, sorry, proof rock tangent. Um, so, so many literary references here. Honestly, Elliot teaching is your side hustle. Just for marginal memories, that's just how you're tapping at the market. <laughs> yeah, the marginal memories, which I make no money from. <laughs> um, I love the way this episode ends with how happy they are. They've got a basic pleasure of cookies and milk. Because it's a comparison, isn't it, between them and Eddie? That sorry, you go ahead. I cut across you there. No, 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 no. Oh. You go. You carry on. Um, Eddie, you know they're talking about how you know it's not so simple that. They can just be entertained by their favourite toy. Um, and then obviously the the bell goes. Martin for a moment thinks it may be the bell tolling for him. Um, and then they all get similarly excited by, by cookies and ice cream, which it's true, really. I think, you know, as much as we like to think of ourselves as very sophisticated. Yeah we probably do just find comfort when particularly when we're feeling rough in, in little <laughs> things like that, little things like food. Um you know, and, and other things that people may enjoy to ease their, their burden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I anytime I've ever had a deep conversation like this with someone about death, or I've just heard some really tragic news about, I don't know, a family friend, or I've seen something on the news about someone who is similar to my age, I will inevitably have like a five-minute crisis and be so sad and upset and think, oh my God, that could be me or, or, or whatever inevitably five ten minutes pass and i've forgotten about that thing and i'm just you know eating some pringles or drinking some chocolate milk or whatever and it's like it's i think humans are kind of conditioned to trick themselves into forgetting constantly you've, you've got to haven't it's, you? it's a survival instinct it's kind of self-preservation all you do is is pondering ponder death and think you know what might happen after what's you won't the live. consequence yeah you yeah you'll you'll completely miss out on life and whatever does happen after is really irrelevant really to the stage of enjoy your life and make sure you get the most out of your life you know what comes comes what will be will be yeah you know enjoy it while you can and then address that when you're old and gray yeah you either get busy living or you get busy dying to quote the great morgan freeman yeah from shawshank so there you go um 
I have put that I think Fraser's advice for a woman who phoned up very depressed, ultimately to treat herself to her favorite toy, slightly awful advice. Yeah, um, it's a bit trite and um... it's trite. There was no need for a 30-minute story. Um, you know, how on earth she's gonna interpret that, I don't know. Depression is not it is not fixed by commodity and consumerism, which maybe Fraser is advocating for here. Um, yeah. I don't want to completely disparage his advice, but it does seem this woman's in her bathrobe at three o'clock. She needs therapy or at the very least to be on antidepressants. Um, so, I mean, it could just be her day off. You know, I don't I mean, know. Maybe... I think doesn't she phone up say she's really depressed and sad? I mean, well, weirdly enough, she doesn't actually say she's depressed. She says she's just ha- usually she's a happy person, but today is just a bad day. Uh, well, maybe she's or just the, having I think a bad day. She says that she's in a funk and mm. she thinks keeps really thinking these really sad thoughts, but um, I don't think it, it's clear. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we take from this that it is this is not a one-off isolated incident that there is, you know, depression, but. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not qualified. Maybe one off. You know, that, that's depression. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor. You are. Um, you oh, should be commenting on this. But, not an MD. Um, not an MD. But, yeah, I, I do think the idea of in short eat a cookie is somewhat simplistic oh and trite. God, I forgot that line. Yeah, I'd put, I'd written that freaking down without even remembering that line. That's that's pretty um, horrific. But then I do love the reality that you know we can have all these wonderful. Um, sort of like these books like oh how to live your life better how to do this these self-help books and things like that and everyone for the first week of january completely buys into it and i'm gonna read positive mentality and everything i do and then fraser bites into the cookie he's broken a tooth needs to go to the dentist oh life sucks life just, sucks i do love that reality of as yeah. much as you can say oh i'm gonna read positive outlook on everything from now on the chances are you're still gonna get annoyed by little things and yeah. still gonna get frustrated um so yeah. yeah, but oh, did you notice the end credit scene? Uh, I believe we see our boy um, Dr. Kagan enter Nervosa. Um, immediately turns it on with another woman at a table. Like, can I join you? Presumably, like, what the f? Like, he's just got, he's just, dude, it's got enormous. It's a bit creepy. That he's got he's enormous just, freaking yeah. confidence. But anyway, Roz dives in. Is it Roz or is it Daphne? No, I think it's Roz. Roz yeah. Um, to presumably tell her that guy. Is gynecologist. Yeah. You need to run. Um, and she literally runs, just yeah. gets up, she abandons bolts. the table. <laughs> Does he come back to the table and kind of look around? I, I think so. Either, yeah. or, you know, he certainly looks and notices she's gone, I think. Oh, yeah. man. Well, he could certainly, you know, he wants to be shown the hotspots in, uh, in <laughs> Seattle. Uh, is this episode in your top 10 key? I'll tell you what, mate. Mm. I, I, coming into it, it wasn't one I'd sort of earmarked as oh this is gonna be a top 10 yeah yeah as I was to the end of the episode I was like maybe it is I really yeah. really really like this episode mm. I think it probably is just outside of the top 10 I think it's probably an 11 or a 12 Ooh, like me and breaking the ice yeah but it really gave me pause for thought that last I was getting to the last scene really pondering <laughs> I think it's an episode that I'd have to be in the mood for. I don't think it's like Death Becomes Him, where even though it's a, a dark topic, it's there's enough comedy relief to sort of, even if you are in the mood for it, to get you through it. I think this one you'd have to be in the mood for. Mm. Um, and that is probably the reason it doesn't make the top 10, because I don't think I could always just bang this on and be like, oh, what a great episode. I love it. Um, but it's such, such a good episode. And it's one I think I've probably underrated, actually, looking back now. Mm. Um, by not 
picking up as such a phenomenal episode that it is, but really strong, so close to top 10. Some some lovely justifications there, Kay. I really thought it was going to be a top 10 there. Oh. Uh, it's not in my top 10, but I have put good, though, in brackets. And really, this is an episode, again, like you, quite situational, and I, I maybe didn't think I liked it as much as I did. Um, I don't love when Arnold Shaw is there, but I pretty much love everything else in this episode. Um, and I don't hate Arnold Shaw. Oh. Um you know, he's he he provides the comedy of this episode, but for me, it's the serious parts of this episode that make it last. Mm. I yeah. wonder if this is an episode that resonates. You know, it's only I said it, but I probably underrated it. I wonder if it's one that resonates with you more the older you get. Oh yeah, you know, and and as a so. kid, you're probably this isn't the one you watch before school and like, oh my god, what an amazing episode. Yeah, um, but you know. We're far too young to have a midlife crisis. Um, so we probably Quart- shouldn't be talking quarter life. <laughs> quarter life crisis, mate. Well, quarter life presumes we're going to live to be 100. So. We could do that. What, what do you mean? I'm I'm budgeting for the fact I'm going to live to 100. I, I keep you. forgetting how old I am. Am I 25 or 26? Honestly, I had that exact thing the other day where someone asked how old I was. And I said 25. Someone else looked. I was like, oh, God, no, I'm 26. And and then I had a, like a whole moment. Like, oh, my God, I saw I, it, like it hit me again that I can't get a 16 to 25 bus pass anymore. I can't get cheap theatre tickets for 1625. Oh, it was a tough, it was a tough hour actually. It's like I remember when I was like, you know, I, I used to go on footballers' Wikipedia pages, and as long as they were older than me, I yeah. was like, I was like, oh, that's fine because they were all older than me. But now and, there's plenty that are younger than me, <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them are around like the same year as me. And there's me going, oh, but well, he's not young anymore, he's getting on, he needs to start showing his talent, yeah. And and then I look and I'm actually like two months older. I'm like, oh god, maybe I'm maybe I'm never gonna be a professional footballer. Yeah, it's, maybe maybe we're starting to finally to give that dream up. Um, no, I'll, I'll be 45 buying a shirt. Going, yeah, it could happen. It could happen. <laughs> um, who have you gone for actor pick, K this week? Oh, such a tough one because they're all great. Um, they are all great. I'm gonna give it. I think this is gonna be controversial. Oh, you're gonna give but, it to Arnold Shaw. <laughs> as much as I love Arnold Shaw, <laughs> he is someone who is in every. He's he, he's a recurring character, so I think it should count. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give it to Eddie. I oh, think Eddie does a great job in this episode. Like the idea of a dog being depressed could be a completely ludicrous and ridiculous concept, but Eddie really sells it. I believe Eddie is depressed in this episode. And then he looks so happy at the end. The way, like, his little walk behind Arnold Shaw when he's going off is just so, oh, Eddie. So beautiful. I love him so, so much in this episode. Um, Shout out to Roz. Roz was actually a really close second pick. I really like Roz in this episode. Um, Love Niles' bits. Oh, just so many bits amazing. But I'm going to give it to Eddie. Eddie's off the mark. And off the mark before Daphne. (laughs) Oh, you've still not picked Daphne yet. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, uh, this is such a rare ensemble episode where all of them could have been picked here. Yeah. Um, I've, I've just changed my answer, actually. I've gone with Niles um, just because of the the kind of the girl with the dog and then the kind of quote about Shakespeare and, you know, just the the, the meatloaf line. I just <laughs> you'll be up and down checking out meatloaf. Um just some really, really great quips. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ross would probably have been my second, maybe Frage. Um, but Eddie is a is a phenomenal choice. Um, Kenley Burling, Key, our man on the ground. What depresses him when he gets lost in the sofa? What possession in Kennedy's house 
is he most upset about when it falls into the folds of the couch? Honestly, right, he's got his favourite doomsday device mm. is constantly getting stuck down the back of the set. One of those little, is it like a little aerial and a, yeah. and a red button? And he just hates it when he's on these calls with all the world leaders and he's making his demands. And he's like, where's, where's my remote? Like, I need to blow up the 49th Street Bridge. <laughs> Maybe it collapse on its own. <laughs> we can't take that chance. <laughs> you always say that. I want to take a chance. <laughs> uh, thank you, Key. No further explanations needed. All that remains for listener mail is to play whose crane is it anyway um i'm gutted because i wrote this not knowing that i was going to say the line that it's from okay so i'm not going to change it i'm just going to let you have a have a gimme um the word was footman Footman, also by T.S. Eliot. There you go. So uh, it's Fraser who delivers the line. Of course. Um, yeah. I didn't, I forgot that I was going to go deep into my Eliot proof rock love. Um, and there we are. Um, there's a there's an amazing like rhyming couplet from from proof rock because obviously the whole thing is about his middle age, life is futile, he's lost his way, um, he's kind of aimless. He says, um, he's basically like a figure who's got, he's very kind of beta. He has no confidence, you know, etc. He kind of feels like the world is moving on without him. He says, I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. Um, this idea of like, he should have just been a, a lobster on the bottom of the seabed. You know, he shouldn't have been a human being. He should have just been this little organism for no, no one needs to worry about who just has a simple life. And isn't that just such an amazing image? Don't you think that's beautiful? It's beautiful and depressing it is but like he's like i is it why why have you given me the burden of human consciousness and constantly anxiety about death i should have just been a freaking lobster at the bottom of the atlantic when i when i was young particularly we had like tom and he'd just sort of sit there lying on the sofa all day and i'd be like oh mate if we could trade places right now yeah you don't have to pay taxes you don't get depressed you know like your entire day is which bit of the room should I have a little nap in oh. get some food have a little drink have a little oh. bit more of a nap I just oh, cats do love to sleep don't they oh love it unbelievable um but there we go this episode I, 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 obviously this episode of Frasier has sparked it but this has been a very kind of introspective podcast episode which I really like I think it it's has, been... I'm in quite an introspective mood now after watching yeah, and me, this morning and me. Charles oh, gonna like show like... up in about an hour or so in a good mood I'm gonna be like what does anything mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, what's the point of it all? Okay, I don't understand. You like trying to cup of tea? Do I? What's the point? <laughs> I'm just going um, to make another cup of tea later because it's so futile and it's fleeting. <laughs> um, shall we get over to listen to Mal? Okay, I'm sure they'll pick us up a bit. Yes, let's uh, let's do it. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so heard from quite a few this week. Uh, really nice, as always. Keep them coming uh, every week as you do. Chromium Sapling says, Hello, Will and Key. I can happily say I'm fully caught up. I think this might be a first-time call, okay? I found you guys late last year and have been in a mad dash to catch up so I could comment on the thread. I listened to every single episode and loved it. I'm a university student who grew up in a small, sleepy town just a ferry ride away from Seattle. That sentence just does things to me. That couldn't be more up my alley if they tried. I thought I was the only one out there my age who loved Frasier until I met my girlfriend at college who was equally obsessed and the rest is history. This just gets better and better. I love the amount of people who have like met their partners bonding over Frasier. Yeah, what the yeah. hell? I mean, oh, I just love this. 
I just want to thank you, Will and Keith, for making my last year better. I'm doing an undergraduate research dissertation this year, and you both gave me something great to look forward to every day on the drive home from studies. Even though I'm very far away from my home in the Pacific Northwest, you guys made me feel comfortable and at home during a very tumultuous time. I'm glad to be caught up, something like eight and a half thousand minutes, and look forward to several more seasons. P.S. I don't think there's such a thing as a semi-bottom episode. Love it. Love to hear it. (laughs) I am willing to kind of take that. That's fine. It's more of like a... it's more of a thought experiment than something I'm pushing. Oh, now he's backtracking. People. No, he's no. Backtracking. I still think it's real, but <laughs> I accept other people don't. Um, but that is one of the best listener mail comments I think I've read in a long time. Just so much in there that I love. You know, that's great. Yeah. So great. Thank you, Chromium Zappa. <laughs> uh, next up, um, MK. I'm going to read like, I think it's like partially completed. I think that he intended to update it. I think he did. <laughs> um, MK, uh, well, fine as usual. Steve, well done, lad. And I echoed that. I think phenomenal, Steve. So, so have um, you got any comments on, on on his brief stint while you were away getting your album? Honestly, I was like, um, like Frasier, like at home, being like, oh my God, he, he's scintillating. He's scintillating. <laughs> Some, someone says that in a, in a comment in a minute. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, um, I, what, what Will hasn't revealed is halfway through the Zoom, I was like desperately like, appearing, <laughs> like before being escorted out again. You were trying to get cider cane. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Steve, well done, mate. Uh, and thank you so much for, for doing a great job. Mm, um yeah, MK goes on to say that he lives in an older apartment building. Uh, it used to be an old hotel built in the 1930s and the hallways have automated sprinklers. Uh, one was leaking onto the steps the other day, but alas, none into my unit directly. Um, then the next bit, I think it's trivia and fun bits for Death and the Dog slash will be updated for real this time. Um, so I think that it's not been updated, but... Um, Are there sadder words in any language? Yeah. We always want to hear more from you, MK. So um, if you've got other words, other comments... Get them to us. Um, Cam Winston says, Howdy, lads. I'm back from holidays and back to my trivial master duties. Trivial masterly duties. Dr. Will and Key. Wait, is that just Steve doing an episode review? I bet while Steve was filling in for the already eminent Key, Mr. Lee, he was at home in bed complaining as Steve was not only good, but scintillating. Yes. <laughs> just as Nars was in Fraser Christ. And there he goes. Say, so, uh, <coughs> right, other stuff. You talked about getting into trouble at school, much like Fraser did when he lied about the fire alarm. Whilst I didn't do that, I was generally pretty well. <coughs> God, excuse me. Pretty. I've had this cough for like three weeks now um, after my cold. It just won't go. Um, really, really annoying. I was generally pretty well behaved. But there is one occurrence that got me a few back, um, got me a few back to back detentions. I was about 14 and a male teacher walked into the classroom to chat to our female English literature teacher in private. Of course, I took this opportunity to bust out an incredibly loud wolf whistle and hubba hubba. Kind of situation where you say it, then turn to your mate and go, did that just happen? Did I say that out loud? Anyway, a week's worth of detentions and I was back to class. Peace, lads. And as always, hashtag up the villa. That's unbelievable. Oh, Are you thinking mate. of the Simpsons guy as well? Like, I was, yeah. Hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> Honest, that used to kill me as a kid. Honestly, I love that. But yeah, any, any comments there? I, just love, I would love it if the teachers had just turned around and go, hey, we're not going to use this time for anything other than eating, sleeping, and maybe building a little fort. <laughs> Honestly, just amazing. Um, amazing that you did that and, yeah, lived to tell the tale. Uh, oh, yeah, you you next, are you, Kira? Reckler? Uh, yeah, next. So we've got Reckler who says, Death and the Dog. Quite a good episode. I was impressed. Whilst I wasn't keen on the season two Eddie-based episode, A Cut Above the Rest, 
Um, this one impressed me. Whilst being about Eddie, Eddie, it cleverly weaves the cast into the plot of Eddie's depression, uh, eventually causing them to reflect on their own troubles. Uh, I know Sydney Asbaskets, like uh, correctly pointed out, the episode title in, in season two um, was actually the unkindest cut of all. But mm. I actually really like a cut above the rest. I think that actually works better as an episode title. Yeah, it's kind of um, I like that. A cut, I it, a, almost a cut above the rest. The rest is almost a euphemism for yeah. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you can see my my hand gestures here. Um, um, you know, yeah. in, a, in a male capacity, that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think Becky is bang on. I think that this episode is much, much, much stronger than Eddie's previous episode. Um, and it, it, yeah, everything, everything's bang on. You know, the way it weaves everyone else in, the, the, you know, introspective nature of it, I think is just, it's, it's fantastic. And the way it's all brought together, you, you never like skip a beat, do you? So, um, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, likewise. Um, sorry, just checking if I've got a nosebleed. No, I don't. Um, uh, yeah, completely, completely agree. Um, the only thing I liked <laughs> about the unkindest cut of all was when they were in the park after dark, like a horrible hunchback old man, get away from me. I oh, know it's just a bush. Um, like I love that part, but the rest of the episode is pretty, pretty forgettable. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone who uh, wrote in. I have one last thing to end with, Keith. Little surprise here. When I when we first started this podcast, so what two and a bit years ago. There's someone who I know um, through the kind of academic circle on Twitter, and um, I, I've kind of met them at a conference before. And I think for a creative writing project they did at undergrad, they wrote some poems based on Fraser episodes. And they were like, yeah. oh, if you ever get to Death and the Dog, I wrote a prose poem about that episode. And I, at the time, I was thinking, oh, my God, that's years away. Well, here we freaking are. And I, I kept my word. And that person commented. It's it's Dr. Rosie Reynolds, for anyone interested. Um, she commented the other day, congratulating me on, on passing my Viva and stuff. And I said to Rosie, we're doing Death and the Dog this week. I've got your poem. Um, so I'm going to read it out now. And this is kind of like, it's a prose poem. So it's kind of like a mix between prose and poetry. Um, it reflects on the kind of, it starts out by kind of describing the episode and kind of ends on kind of a personal note about kind of dealing with these these same things so quite a moving poem so if i will now read it to you okay eddie it's called i'm listening exclamation mark eddie's depressed off his food he won't rouse for any of the toys martin shakes at him and he doesn't want to go on his walks this dog said the dog psychiatrist has caught a case of depression this dog he said has caught it from one of you caught like a bug or a ball in the park but the doctor leaves and one by one they walk slowly around the couch brackets, an exact replica of the one Coco Chanel had in her Paris Atelier, close brackets, and confess, in turn, their sadness. And then Eddie finds his chew toy and he's happy again. And the oven timer goes and Daphne has made cookies. She has milk, she says, to go with them. They all stand up, head for the kitchen and leave their sadness on the sofa. The point is that sometimes the blues are just the blues. But I'm breaking the blades out of pencil sharpeners. I'm filing screwdrivers into points. I'm in a dressing ground eating soft cheese with my hands and the streetlights are already coming on. I am planning and retracting. I can't close the curtains in case I miss something. And my head's cocked. My ears are pricked for a phone call, for the doorbell, for the fucking oven timer. There we go. That was I'm Listening by Dr. Rosie Reynolds. What a beautiful way to end this episode. I, I, I don't want to speak because that is just, it's so beautiful. It's the perfect way to end. So I'm just Honestly, stop I can't close the curtains in case I miss something. What a yeah. wonderful line. We've been talking about T.S. Eliot. Fuck T.S. Eliot.
that is a yeah. beautiful line and it calls for expletives so there we go thank you rosie reynolds thank you everyone that wrote in this week we will be back next week with is it the the all the seesaw um okay which is one of my fave episodes um could be my top 10 might not be but i love four for the seesaw and i've seen it so many times so really looking forward to that um but other than that i've been will i've been Kay. thank you very much for listening to we're listening hey baby i hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs oh my and maybe i seem a bit confused yeah maybe but i got you pegs <laughs> but i don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs